Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Perhaps you've never heard of a football hero named Mats Tonelli. While he played only one full season for the Chicago Cardinals in 1940, we still consider him the greatest Cardinal of all. He wasn't the most famous football player or the most recognized, but he was certainly the most memorable. Born in Lamont, Illinois in 1916, Mario Mazzanelli was a sturdy fullback at DePaul Academy in Chicago. His recruitment to Notre Dame was sealed when an Italian-speaking priest paid a visit to Tonelli's parents on the north side of Chicago. As a steady 200-pound fullback for the Irish, Tonelli was most remembered for his inspirational run against Southern Kell in 1937 that helped secure a season-ending 13-6 victory for the Irish. With the score knotted 6-6 in the second half, Tonelli took a handoff from his own 17, burst through the left side of the line, and raced 70 yards before being hauled down from behind at the USC 13. After an offsides penalty against Southern Kell, Tonelli cut inside the left tackle and picked up the winning touchdown on an 8-yard dash. As the Daily Times in Davenport, Iowa wrote, it was a swell climax for a swell season for the Irish. Following his senior campaign, Tonelli was drafted by the New York Giants in 1939, but elected to play for the Providence Steamers and serve as the backfield coach at Providence College. The following year, Tonelli signed a three-year contract with his hometown Chicago Cardinals and enjoyed extensive playing time in 1940 as both a rusher and a receiver. However, with the war clouds of World War II looming, he decided to enlist in March of 1941 and that was just five days after his marriage to his wife, Mary. He was eventually was stationed at Fort Clark in the Philippines when Pearl Harbor was attacked on December 7, 1941. Shortly thereafter, the Japanese invaded the Philippines and Tonelli participated in the Battle of Bataan beginning on January 7, 1942. Eventually, he was captured along with the 200th Coast Artillery on April 9, 1942. The U.S. and Allied prisoners were then forced on the horrific Bataan Death March. In later years, Tonelli recalled, they marched us 60 or 70 miles in seven days. That may not seem like a lot, but we did it without food or water under a very hot tropical sun. In order to survive, the prisoners would set their shirts out at night and then squeeze moisture out of the material in the morning. Stragglers were shot, soldiers were beaten, and the injured were executed. Meanwhile, Tonelli clutched onto the one piece of personal property that he had retained during his imprisonment, his Notre Dame class ring, until one day he was forced under threat of death to hand it over to one of his captors. Not too long after that, Tonelli was in the little lean-to, his shelter in his prison camp, and. A smartly dressed Japanese officer speaking perfect English came up to him and said, Are you Mats Tanelli? 
Tonelli, fearing for his life, said, yes, yes, I am. And the officer said, did one of my men take something from you? And Tonelli said, yes, again, not knowing what to respond to because he was not allowed to have any personal property in the prison camp. But the officer pulled out his Notre Dame class ring, asked him if that was his, which Tonelli said it was. And then the officer just said, be safe, keep this hidden, hide it at night, because you know the consequences if you're found with any personal property. And as he was leaving, the officer turned to Tonelli and said, by the way, I was educated at the University of Southern California. I remember that long run that you took in 1937 to beat us. I was at that game. Be safe. And that was the last Tonelli ever saw of him. Tonelli remained in prison for the entire war until the summer of 1945. And by then, the bruising fullback's weight had dropped from 200 to 210 pounds to, some say, 92 pounds. It was truly a miracle that this American hero survived those interminable hardships. Of course, during his long imprisonment, Tonelli had no way of communicating with his loved ones. On August 30th, 1945, the South Bend Tribune speculated that Tonelli was captured on Corregidor and endured the infamous death march of Bataan. He may have been one of the many victims of the Japanese inhumanity and will never be heard of again. Little did we know that three days earlier, on August 27, 1945, American troops liberated a Japanese prison camp and discovered what was described as a living skeleton by the name of Mats Tonelli. He had survived and shared how he lived on carrot tops and rice for over three years. Oddly enough, the prisoner was assigned the same number 58 that he wore at Notre Dame. Upon his return to Chicago in the late summer of 1945, Tonelli was hospitalized as he recovered from his ordeal and soon received a most welcome visitor, Cardinal's owner Charles Bidwell. As Tonelli noted, when he came up, he said, Mats, before you left the Cardinals, you still had a three-year contract with the team. We expect you to honor that contract. Tonelli, of course, was in no shape to play professional football, but the Cardinals arranged so that he could take advantage of a unique situation that many teams might have ignored. Tonelli told reporters that day, I got so many beatings in a war that I lost count. After what I went through football, Roughhouse is going to seem very tame. So somehow, Mott suited up for a brief appearance late in the 1945 season against the Green Bay Packers. Tonelli said, I didn't play much, but that appearance against the Packers allowed Tonelli credit for his wartime service. Back in those days, said Tonelli, you had to play both before and after the war in order to get credit for your pension for the seasons you missed during the war. I will always be grateful to the Bidwells. I owe them a lot. So as we celebrate Memorial Day, we remember a true hero, his miracle of survival, and a generous NFL owner who made life just a little bit easier for a deserving soldier. Let's not forget them and all service personnel on Memorial Day 2020. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.
We at the Sports History Network are so glad to introduce to you a new addition to our lineup. The Gridiron Greats Magazine Podcast is a weekly podcast that focuses on the history and memorabilia of North American football since its inception in 1869. It's hosted by Bob Swick, the publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and Joe Squires, a longtime contributor to that magazine. The podcast was launched in 2017 and has over 150 episodes that you can listen to now on a Sports History Network, as well as your favorite podcast provider. So join Bob and Joe as they go through football history, talking about the memorabilia and the great legendary players and games of the American Gridiron on the Gridiron Greats Magazine Podcast.